This week, we're going to talk about why we can't feel God. Um, I have way more stories than I'd like to admit about moments in my life where I have um, wanted to feel God and not felt his presence, and I'm going to share a couple of those stories with you, but let's pray before we get into it. Sound good? Lord, thank you so much for who you are and what you are doing in our lives. I pray, God, that we would commit um, ourselves to you and commit ourselves to be open to hear from you today and... um, We would know when you're prompting on our hearts, and we would respond to today's word by um, the way that you have asked us to respond. We pray for obedience in this place. We love you. We thank you for who you are. We pray these things in your name. Amen. So sometimes I do this thing where I expect God to move in a specific way. For example, God has moved in my life. I have felt the presence of God. I've heard God speak to me. I um, know that God has called me to do things. And so when I have another experience in my life, I'm expecting that move of God to be like it was in the past, right? An example of this, I went to Israel last fall. Kyle and I um, could not afford a trip to Israel. What happened was I was invited um, on an all-expense-paid trip for young influencers in um, our nation. And on this trip, there was multiple New York Times bestsellers, some national speakers, actors, singer-songwriters. It was insane. There was a group of 30 of us, and I'm looking around, and I'm like, why am I here? I have absolutely no idea, but thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity. And it was incredible, and I was so excited, and I was anticipating such a... Um, physical, tangible presence of God because it was his holy land, right? He walked here. This is where Jesus walked. How amazing is it going to be to spend time where he physically was? It has to be like extra holy and extra special and you will feel God's presence. I'm telling myself this and I'm so excited. And I get off the plane and I'm in Israel and it's the first morning. I open up my Bible and I'm like ready for the light to shine down on my Bible. I'm ready for the angels to start dancing and my dreams to come to me. And I'm so excited and anticipating what God might speak to me. And I begin to journal and nothing. And I'm like, okay, I guess God's wanting me to wait. Day two will be great. So Day two comes, and I'm expecting to feel this presence of God to be so strong because I'm in Israel, and nothing. In day three and day four, and finally day four, we're at the Sea of Galilee, so we are floating on the water where Jesus walked. And I'm like, oh my gosh, should I put my foot in that water or what? Like Jesus walked in this water. This is so holy. This is so amazing. I cannot wait to feel the presence of God here. And nothing And surely I was not about to start asking people what God was speaking to them because I'm with faith giants here. And I am not about to ask them and tell them that I feel nothing. And I assume here that they're feeling God's presence and angels are dancing on all their Bibles. And the lights are like the floodgates of heaven and all the holy stuff are is happening over here to them so I don't want to share my experience of how I'm not feeling God while I'm in Israel so I begin to pull back and I begin to shut down a little bit still engaging in the relationship still engaging in my word of God but still so desperate wondering why I can't feel God 
Another example of this, um, last year at some point, I hit um, a point where I was so desperate to feel God. I was so at, um, just kind of like my wits end with not feeling him, I guess you could say. And I'm pouring out to teenagers. I'm loving on youth leaders and, um, you know, a mom, a wife. And I'm committed. I'm absolutely do. I love Jesus. Absolutely am I committed. Absolutely am I staying faithful to God and faithful to the people in my life, but I don't feel him. And I'm so at this point desperate to feel God that I just sit here and I say, okay, God, I have been consistent. I am showing up. Where are you? Why are you not with me? Why can I not feel you? I was so desperate to feel his touch that I thought back to my time where I felt him most. And this was when I was a camp counselor in Colorado. I have a picture of it with you, or for you. This is the summer that I felt called into ministry. This is um, the summer that I feel like I turned um, from like a child of faith into a strong woman of the word, someone passionate. I knew in this summer that there was nothing else I wanted to do with my life than love on and hang out with teenagers. I knew that without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. God moved in my life in massive ways at this camp. I got to speak God's word and teach God's word in the beautiful Rocky Mountains. It was incredible. And so last year, as I'm feeling this dryness, so to say, I, um, I'm like, you know what? I, I journaled and I prayed. So I'm going to go find that journal, and I'm going to look for some quotes or some, some inspiration from my young self to motivate me and remind myself of, that, of what God has done in my life. I find this journal. I pull it out. I start flipping through it. And you know what I find? I find that this 19-year-old was so broken that she wrote more about the cute boys <laughs> that were counselors, that she wrote way more about the people who um, she didn't really feel like she connected with as counselors. She wrote way more about brokenness than she wrote about these awesome God moments. Now, there were moments um, in that journal that I wrote about that God was doing really awesome things. But more than not, my journal was full of me longing for a touch of God. One story that was in there that really stood out to me um, was the director, his name was Winston. After a week of campers, we would have 24 hours of freedom without campers for 10 weeks straight, okay? And so for these 24 hours, we would have a little powwow as a staff community before we left camp, and we would get back together at noon on Sunday before campers arrived. And the powwow, when we were leaving camp on that Saturday, the director says, you know what, there was a family, here's this testimony, I really wanna share this with you guys. And this family came up to Winston, and they said, hey, Winston, um, when we were driving up to get our child from camp, we crossed over the sunlight sign, and as we crossed over it, we felt a difference in our car. The Spirit of God is so tangible here, and we were so excited and honored that our child got to spend a week of camp because we know the Spirit is here. And I was so excited, and all the other counselors were like, yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I was so excited. I couldn't wait to leave camp and come back through and feel that physical change, right? And so we're, uh, we leave, I go to dinner with some of the girls there, and we come back, and we're driving through, and we go under the sign that says Sunlight Camp, and I am anticipating to feel a shift in the car, to feel God's present, and nothing. And I sit there, and I say, why, God? Why can everybody feel you but me? 
Am I really called? Do you really love me? Do you really have a plan and a purpose for me? I want to believe in you, but I don't always feel you. And so I would like to think that I'm not alone in that, that maybe there's some people in here who were dragged onto discipleship walk and because somebody told you your life was going to be changed. They said, come, God changed my life. Here's my testimony. Maybe you're here today at church because someone dragged you. They said, come to church. God has done incredible things through the messages that our, our pastor preaches. And I'm so excited for you to experience that. And I can't wait for you to feel God. And God is going to move in your life. And it's going to be incredible. And so you showed up to discipleship walk or you showed up to church on a Sunday morning, or maybe it was a song. Somebody said, listen to this song. You will feel God's presence in the song, and the tears will overcome you, and it will move you, and it will change you. And so you put on this song, and nothing. And you came to church, and nothing. And if you were really honest on your weekend at Discipleship Walk, nothing. But you don't want to tell anybody about those times because you know that God is moving through them. You know that God has spoken to them, and you know that they feel God So why can't you feel God? If you've ever been there before, would you raise your hand? Look at this. You are not alone. So let's look at Exodus 19, 15. It says this. I'm sorry, 19, 5. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all nations, you will be my treasured possession. It does not say, now, if you feel me, you will be my treasured possession. It does not say, if you feel me. If you look in um, John 14, 15, it says, if you love me, keep my commands. It does not say, if you love me, you will feel me. It says, if you love me, keep my commands. When Kyle and I were dating for his birthday, I gifted him Packer tickets. Um, It was the most boring gift that I've ever given anybody before, but he was so excited to go to Lambeau and watch the Packers play the Lions. And it was, his birthday's in November, so the game was in December, and this was two hours north from where we were, and so it was freezing. It's the middle of December. It's the first snowfall that Lambeau had ever experienced in 10 years. I'm telling you people, we were cold. Praise God for Google and the ability to find out the weather ahead of time. So we looked it up and we knew what to anticipate. So we put our leggings, our jeans, our socks, double socks, boots, t-shirt, long sleeve thermal, you know, the whole bit. Hats. And we even have those like shaker things that you can wear in your hand that warm up your hand. You know, we knew that we were going to be cold. So we prepared for it. It was absolutely freezing outside, but we didn't feel cold. It doesn't change the fact that it wasn't cold. What you feel is not evidence that God is with you. It didn't feel cold, but it was freezing. You might not feel God, but that does not dictate whether he's with you or not. We're going to look at um, another reason why you might not be feeling God. And I want to be cautious with this because I understand that this can be a sensitive subject to talk about. But maybe you're not feeling God because your heart has hardened. So, in, um, in Psalms, there's an, the author of Psalms, there's, his name's David, and David is known as a man after God's own heart. You know, people might know me as Kyle's wife. People might know you as you know, a media director or as a teacher, or David was known as a man after God's own heart, so we want to pay attention to the way he lives, right? One thing that David writes 
in Psalms 51.10 is, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. David knew something that we need to know today. Sin can break our intimacy with God. Sin can never separate us from the love of God, though we might um, have some jaded vision because we're living in sin. He still loves us tremendously. Sin can never separate you. Nothing can separate you from the love of God, but sin can break an intimacy that you have with God. If, if a man cheats on his wife and uh, they're still married, but the intimacy's shot, right? Sin cannot separate you from the love of God, but it will destroy your intimacy with God. And I don't know what that sin might look like for you. It could be lust. It could be envy. Maybe you can't get on social media without wanting a marriage like somebody else's or wanting a house like somebody else's. Maybe it's laziness in the time that you're spending doing things that you shouldn't be doing. Maybe it's, uh, it's not a popular one to talk about, but gluttony. Maybe we run to the comfort foods more than we run to, the, to Jesus when we're a little bit stressed. Maybe it's lying or stealing or gossip. You, some of the things people say about people who are their friends right? Maybe it's, maybe it's, I don't know what that sin looks like for you, but I know that it can break that intimacy that we have with God. It will never break the love that God has for us, but it can break the intimacy. On Thursday, a week, uh, not this past Thursday, a week before, I took Paxton to his two and a half year checkup, and we switched doctors um, when he turned two, and so we fell a little bit behind on some shots, and that meant at his two and a half appointment, he was going to need more shots than the typical two and a half appointment. And so he's um, getting his shots. And here I am, a first-time mom, totally dumb, thinking they're just going to do it in their arm and it's going to be fine, right? They're just going to put that shot in. He's potty trained. He can get a shot. Well, I was so wrong. So I get into the doctor's office and they're like, oh, you're alone. You're going to need some help. So they get a team of nurses, and one of the nurses is holding his feet. The other nurse is going to do the shots, and my role as mom is to put my weight over his arms and make sure that he does not come and grab the shot, because when a two-and-a-half-year-old or a young person is getting a shot, they gain superhero strength, and they're going to try to grab that shot and whip it out because it hurts. And so... I typically make Kyle do this job. I've never done this before. And so I'm thinking, this kid's 23 pounds. Like, I got this. I weigh way more than 23 pounds. We're good. I was so wrong. So here I am, like, I literally said to, this is so embarrassing. I said to the nurse, can I just, like, give him YouTube or something? Like, he, he'll be distracted enough, right? <laughs> no. So she's like, no, I'm telling you, you need to put all of your strength on him that you can when you feel that resistance, when you feel him pushing away from you. And I said, okay. So she was right. I began to put pressure on him. And at first, he's looking at me and he's giggling like, why are you holding me like this? This is really funny. This is weird. And then shot one came. And then came the tears. And then shot two. And he looks at me and he says, mommy, why? Why are you letting them hurt me? Mommy. And I'm like crying. And, and, and I'm just like, buddy, I'm trying to keep you safe. But mommy, it hurts. But here I have the bigger picture. His two-and-a-half-year-old mind can't understand why mommy would let a doctor hurt him. He doesn't understand. But me as mommy, I understand that if he were to hit those shots with his hands, that would be really bad. And so I've got the bigger picture. So I'm going to put some restraint down on him, even though he doesn't understand, because I know it's ultimately good. The purification process isn't always fun, and it's not always easy. I've been there before. God, why? 
Why me? Why would you ask me to cut this relationship off? I love this person. God, why can't I do this? God, why haven't you asked me to go there, but you're asking other people? God, why aren't you feeling? Why can't I feel you? Maybe God is asking you to do something where you need to get rid of that iPhone and you need to go to a flip phone because it causes you to look at some things that you know you shouldn't be looking at. God, why me? Why I can't? I have this iPhone. I don't know if you need to cut off social media and you feel like everyone else can be on social media. God, God, why not me? Why can't I? Why can't I? And God is looking at you and he's saying, I'm just trying to keep you safe. I see a bigger picture. But here's what's crazy. In the midst of that pain, you know what? I looked into my buddy's eyes and I said, I'm keeping you safe. I love you. God does not leave you in the midst of the purification process. He's not asking you to go get purified and come back to him. He's with you, holding you, staring you in the eye, saying, I love you. I will not leave you. I will not forsake you. I love you. This isn't easy. This isn't fun. But I'm not letting go. Sin cannot break the love that God has for us, but it sure can break the intimacy of closeness that he wants to have with us. The third reason why maybe we're not feeling God or maybe you don't feel God is because God wants to draw you closer. God wants to draw you deeper. Kyle spoke last week, and like I said, it's been a month of busyness, a month of newness, and we knew that going into it, so don't feel bad. We, we compensated well for the time that he was going to be away, but he was away a lot last week. And so Wednesday night, he worked some extra hours. Our conviction is if we're doing extra things, if we have extra commitments, then that's our extra time that's not going to take away from the commitments he already has. That's what we feel convicted for, so that's how we choose to use our hours. And so uh, Kyle was gone a couple nights last week, and Wednesday night, um, he did some extra sermon prep. And then Thursday, he took a kid, a bunch of kids to King's Island And so he was gone for dinner as well on Thursday night. And uh, typically we put the kids down and that's our time together. That's one benefit to having young kids is they go to bed early. So we still get some really good chunk of our evening to hang out together and be with each other. Well, come Thursday night, this was the second night in a row that I had been with two kids basically all day long. And I was longing for time with my husband. The time that we typically would get together, we didn't get together. And I just wanted to spend some time with him. So I texted a babysitter. And I said, hey, would you mind coming for a couple hours next week to hang out with Paxton while Kyle and I sneak away for a dinner date? And she was like, absolutely. And um, though I knew this week would also be busy with some extra commitments that we had, it didn't matter because I I wanted to make sure that I had alone time with my husband. Well, the weekend came, and this week came, and it was still pretty busy. We still didn't get as many nights together or good quality time together as I would have liked. And I was just longing for that so much so that I said to Kyle on Friday morning, I said, hey, for our date tonight, we can do one of two things. We can go down the road and take Brindley with us and, you know, have dinner for a couple hours and walk around or do whatever we wanted to do. Or let's go to the restaurant across the street. I'll feed Bryn. And then um, we, if we leave right after feeding, we'll be good for at least an hour. And let's just get dinner, the two of us. 
And he was like, I want that one. And I was like, good, me too. <laughs> and so here's the deal. Do you know how hard that is to leave your newborn who you know needs you? And it is my role as mommy to comfort and to provide and to nurture. And I've got a two and a half year old who I spend a lot of time with. It is hard to leave your babies, is it not moms? Like it is so hard. That was a sacrifice for me, but I was willing to make that sacrifice because I longed for intimacy with my husband. I longed for that time together. See, absence makes the heart grow fonder. And sometimes maybe God is saying, hey, you can't feel me right now because I just want to draw you deeper. You're not going to feel me at this level. Draw, draw deeper. Come closer. Take that next step with me. Come a little bit more into a uh, relationship with me. And as we walk deeper, as you long for me more, then we can have some of those moments together. And um, let's look at James 4, 8 and Psalms 145, 18. In James 4, 8, it says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. And then in Psalms 145, 18, it says, the Lord is near to all who call upon him. We talked um, in the beginning, you know, about what we feel isn't always what the perception is. The word is telling us that God is with those who draw close to him. And though our sin might fog some levels of intimacy, it's not going to come in and destroy the love that he has for us. However, there's also another scripture that I want us to take some time to sit on, and that is in Luke 5, 16. So remember when I said I flipped through that journal and I found a really broken teenager. And here I'm thinking that this teenager is going to inspire me a ton, right? But I found some brokenness. There's one thing that I did notice in there that I started doing last year and has transformed this relationship that I have. And that is found in this scripture. This scripture changed the way I do relationship with Jesus. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus, the Son of God, also human, all authority in heaven, all authority on earth, is walking a sinless, perfect, blameless life. He withdrew often to lonely places because Jesus desired the intimacy. And when we have the intimacy with God, when we spend our time with him, he gives us the strength to walk through some of those seasons that are a little bit more difficult than others. But when we don't feel God, we typically tend to push back a little bit and uh, pull back a little bit because we're not feeling what somebody else is feeling. And we want to feel what they're feeling or we want to feel the presence of God. So we pull back. But in the scriptures, it talks about just spending time with him despite what you feel and not make it about those feelings, but make it about that daily commitment. And that is what Jesus did. And that is what I did at Sunlight Camp. I spent every single day in the word journaling. That is what I did in Israel despite what I felt. And that is what I hope that we can do as a church. And what I believe that if we, I believe that if we do this as a church, that that is what is going to change Avon community, not this, oh, I felt God, so I'm motivated by this feeling to go and change somebody, but when I can understand to embrace God in the daily moments, when I'm awakened at three in the morning by a newborn, I can hold my baby, rock my baby, and say, God, I feel you in this moment. You knit this baby in my womb. You're here. I feel your presence. When 
Kyle's getting home from work, and Paxton sees his car, and he's jumping on the patio before Kyle's even out of the car, yelling, Daddy, 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 look, look, look. And Kyle's hardly got his foot out. That joy that exudes from Paxton, God, you're here. You are joy. I feel your presence. When you're driving in your car and you feel like um, putting on worship music or you're prompted to put on worship music or you just don't feel like listening to what you used to listen to and you're going to find a new anthem, find a new worship song, and you decide to do that, God, I feel your presence. You're prompting me to choose to spend time with you. You are here, and I'm speaking that out right now. When you're at work and somebody comes in with a bad attitude and a bad day and it's really easy to react, but you choose not to react and you choose to love them as God loves them like he calls us to, God, I feel your presence here. You are calling me to love this person unconditionally and I'm choosing to love this person unconditionally. You are here in this moment. I feel your presence. And what difference would that do to our walk with God is if we recognize that our worship to him is made in these daily moments with him and we don't care about the feelings. Yes, it's nice to feel God's presence, but that's not what motivates us. What motivates us is our desire to be obedient and our desire to do what Jesus did and withdraw often. That Bible scripture does not say that Jesus withdrew for six hours every day in the presence of the feelings of God. That says that Jesus withdrew often. And often for you might mean, you know what? I'm getting a little stressed out right now at work, sitting behind this computer. I'm going to get up for a second and take a little walk. And it's not just going to be a normal walk. I'm going to do a little, I'm going to say a prayer in my head right now withdraw often. I think God is more concerned with our frequency, our oftenness that we're drawing away than the, cool, the, the time that we're spending, than the amount of time that we're giving. And I think that as we do little deposits daily, that's going to be our time that we have built our strength. And it's impossible to please God without faith. And so God wants us to build these daily habits to grow our faith so that we can position ourselves in a place where we are pleasing him with our obedience because we desire and we long for more of him. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up here. Um, But I also want to uh, talk about Israel. Like I said, I had this awesome encounter with, uh, or I was expecting this awesome encounter, and I was so nervous for um, speaking and uh, talking to other people because I didn't want them to judge me, right? I did not want to communicate that I don't feel God. And little did I know that they were probably experiencing the same thing. I don't want to underplay that experience. It was an incredible experience, and I had this really neat God moment. So the last day we were there, we visited the place that they believed Jesus to have been born. And as I walked into this, it's not really like, they paint it like it's a a barn, right? It's not really a barn, it's really actually a cave. And so we walked into this cave, and as I looked down, I saw the word Pax written there. Crazy, right? That's my firstborn's name. And here I'm having, I'm so like wowed by this moment of God speaking to me and drawing, getting my attention that I completely forget that the reason why that's there is because Pax means peace. And so I'm like, what? How is this happening? And someone had to remind me that his name means peace. And so I'm so caught up in this moment of God speaking to me that I'm simply reminded that he longs for me that he desires my 
daily obedience, my step with him. And I want us to spend our last few moments in church having an opportunity to step in that same consistent obedience. And I love talking. I could talk for hours, but I wouldn't be doing you any service if I just let you go and didn't give you an opportunity to respond to one of those three things. And I know that God has been speaking to some people in here and saying, that's you. You need to commit to me daily. Others are, need to give their phone to their wife and say, take this away from me. Others need to go home and dump all that alcohol into their sink when they get home and say, I'm done with this. I'm done resorting to this as a crutch. Other people need to look and maybe throw away all the cookies. This is me right here. Guy gets so stressed and I'm like, where are the cookies? <laughs> we got to start running to Jesus in place of running to the things that give us momentum uh, or give us moments of peace. We've got to start running to the full peace that comes that we can only find when we withdraw often to Jesus. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to give you 30 seconds of complete awkward silence. So it's going to feel really, it's, 30 seconds is going to feel crazy long because technology, but we're going to do it anyways. And what I want you to do in this 30 seconds is I really just want you to self-evaluate. What do you need to do? Do you need to make a commitment today that you are going to get in your word tomorrow, tomorrow whether you feel like it or not, or when you get home? Do you need to commit to get out of some of the things that you're depending on a little bit more than Jesus? Or do you need to say, hey, I'm doing really good and that's awesome, but God longs for more and God, what is more for me? What is it that God is calling you to do? And I'm gonna give you 30 seconds to do some self-searching for that. With every eye closed and head bowed, I have a couple questions that I want to ask you. The first one is, maybe for you, that response time, you can begin to play. Um, maybe for you, that response time looks like, um, you know what, I need to rededicate my life or I need to give my life to Jesus. And what that means is, I'm giving Jesus permission to go before God and wear the weight of my sin. I am giving him authority over me so that I don't look sinful to God, but that Jesus takes on that weight. And if that's you, if you're at a place where you're like, I just need to surrender to Jesus first and foremost, would you just throw your hand up for me so that I may pray over you today? God, thank you so much. Um, for those who are um, surrendering all of them to you. God, I thank you for desiring us. I thank you for um, choosing to love us, choosing to call us, and choosing to use us. I pray for the hands that were lifted as a sign of surrender. God, I pray that um, as they take a next step to follow you, that you would reveal to them the signs um, that they need to take, the steps that they need to take. And keep your heads...